Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but Magnus has over a million followers on TikTok. So, um, like I said, I'm in the presence of, uh, of TikTok royalty and fame. Hey everyone, it's me, Megan. Welcome back to another episode of Happiness Talks. For this episode, I reached out to the one, the only, Magnus the Therapy Dog to see if he would be willing to speak to me about his career, his accomplishments, and what being a therapy dog means to him. The only thing is he's a dog, so he can't talk. So his owner, handler, and best friend, Brian Benson, agreed to do the talking for him. Be sure to check out Magnus on social media at Magnus the Therapy Dog. And if you want to hear Brian and I talk about what it means to be a therapy dog, how Magnus has helped people, how your pet can become a therapy dog, and even how dogs are being trained to sniff out COVID, stay tuned until the end and keep listening. Great. Hello, Brian. Hi, Magnus down there. I can kind of see you. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? I... I have to say that I'm honored because I feel like I'm kind of in the presence of puppy royalty, puppy celebrity. I mean, I, I he seems very humble by by the looks of it right now. But um, who is your little friend down there? He uh, it has not gone to his head yet, but uh, my boy over here, this is Magnus. He is a four-year-old Delaware that we adopted when he was one and a half years old. So we didn't have him from a puppy. He was originally raised and bred to be a service dog for the blind. So there's an organization, Guiding Eyes for the Blind, that he was in Westchester, it's in Westchester, and if they don't make it all the way through, there's like a very strict, very structured training program. Most dogs don't make it through. If they don't, you can go in this very long, it's like a five-year waiting list. Sometimes it's not even open because it's so tight, and you can adopt these dogs. And he's my second one from the program, and... He's just, he's amazing. He really, like, we got this amazing dog. I think there's a little bit of a uh, confusion. People think you get dogs from this organization and you get this robot that's, like, perfectly trained and, like, you know, like, every command is, like, you know, right on it. That's not the way it is <laughs> at all. But um, you get, like, a dog that has the best personality, amazing temperament, but he didn't listen to a word I said. Like, I would say sit. He'd be like, you know, whatever. He'd walk away. He wouldn't walk on a leash and either do like a silent protest or drag me to every little piece of grass and tree and bush. And so it was like, it's a big learning curve to like get him adjusted. I've had dogs my whole life, but um, when I got him, it took about three months of work just to really bond, which is a huge undertaking, like big financial hit. I front loaded ahead of time knowing I was going to get Magnus. So I really planned ahead. I, I worked myself and I worked companies. So I asked them all. You know, planning on getting a dog. I'm cool if I bring him with me to work once I get him because I take him to work with me every day. So I work in the city. I work at different companies. They're all totally cool with Magnus coming in because he is now so well-behaved, so just respectful, listens amazingly well. So I took off three months of work just to really bond and train and really establish that communication, you know, that dialogue that's sometimes unspoken where I look at him, he knows what I'm thinking, he looks at me, I know. He's thinking it's like it's almost like a marriage in a weird way. And uh, my wife has to think that it's like The Bachelor. She loves to watch show The Bachelor. So like everyone's like my wife, two daughters, and Magnus, so everyone's like fine for my attention. So uh, like him and I just kind of like do our thing. He's with me every second of the day. So that's it really is. How does uh, I can't imagine how Magnus feels about the commute to the city, but I'm sure that he's loving the the home life with the pandemic. I have to tell you. 
he doesn't really, nothing faced him. <laughs> so, like, he loved going on the train. We would go, like, we'd take Metro North into the city. We'd take New York City subway during lunch hour. It could be jam-packed. He doesn't care. Like, his whole mentality, as long as he's with his dad, it's all good. You know, like, he loves my wife, loves my daughters, but I'm definitely his, like, go-to. So, uh, like, when I'm home, he'll follow me around the house. If I go to bed, he comes up with me. If I come downstairs, he comes down with me. So as long as he's with his dad, like, whether we're home, whether we're outside in the snow, or, like, it doesn't matter. He just wants to be where I am. So, and he likes going to work. He likes the city. He likes to, like, be with people, meet people. It's like the mayor. He likes <laughs> shake hands, kiss babies, which is why he's so good at being a therapy dog. He's just so insanely social and welcoming. So it's, it's, like, the, it's like the perfect combination. It's great. I was telling you a little bit earlier about my dog. She's the same way with my dad. I mean, with him working from home these past couple months, it's been up and down to, from the basement to the main floor or whatever. And she sniffs, she can sniff under the door. She's like, you forgot me up here. Or she sniffs, we have like heating vents and her bed is next to one cause she likes to like sleep by the heat. But she like literally goes and sniffs cause she's like, wait, this is connected to the basement and he's down there and he didn't bring me down there. So I'm gonna bark until he can come. It's there's such a connection, but That's awesome. yeah, it's, it's cute. It's annoying, but it's cute. Um, but therapy dogs, I mean, my dog, I don't think she would be a very good therapy dog because she's very protective over us. And you, you know, whether it's someone walking on the street or a squirrel, like she, she's little, but her bark is scary. Like she thinks she's Magnus's size and like, it's, I don't know how that would work, but take me through the process of Magnus becoming a therapy dog? Is there a difference between a therapy dog versus an emotional support dog? Like, just take me through all that, please. Sure. So uh, <laughs> there's really kind of three categories. You have emotional support, you have therapy, and you have service dogs. So service dogs and emotional support, they're for the handler of the owner. So like a service dog, easy example is a guide dog. So their job is obviously help someone who's visually impaired. So they're not for outside people. They specifically, they're training for a particular task to help a specific individual for whatever their, you know, disability is. Emotional support, similar thing, but it's whether someone has like some kind of emotional disability or some kind of fear, anxiety, phobia. So that's, and they're also for the owner handler. Therapy dog is totally different. He doesn't service me, but he's really to comfort other people. So we go to hospitals, schools, nursing homes, we go to community crisis centers, vet centers. So in our case, we focus mostly on the hospitals and the schools. So we go to hospitals, we visit. It's very like severe, very sad cases, like people who are terminally ill, critically ill. The people we visit, it's very, very sad because most of them won't be there or they might not be there the next time we visit. They have like advances of cancer and it's not just adults. We visit like young children all the way up to adults. And then we visit them, try to comfort them, brighten their day with their spirits. And the goal is really just to comfort them in any way possible, take their mind off of, like, if it's a patient, they don't want to, like, talk to doctors or nurses or, like, hear about injections and medicines. They just want to be a human being, you know, and just talk to someone about other stuff. So we go to comfort them. We also comfort, like, they have brothers and friends who are there, like, family members, because they're also trained and emotionally attacked. We visit the nurses and the doctors, we go to the nursing stations, and you'd be amazed that even just like a few minutes with him just puts a smile on their face, and it just like, it really just brightens their day. You see like a little skip in their step, you know? It's really amazing. Like, we went to one hospital once, and we went in to visit this elderly woman, and they, we were told that in, 
basically before we went in, she only has like maybe four or five days left. Went in, visited with her. She was smiling ear to ear. She was like, the smile was just like lit up the whole room. She was glowing. You know, reaching over the bedside, petting magnets, asking questions. We had this conversation back and forth. And then when I walked out, her sister, who was also an elderly woman, walked me into the elevator and she said, you know, she started crying. I said, I haven't seen my sister smile in months. So, you know, thank you for that gift. So it's like reasons like that, which is why we do what we do. It's these little like brief moments that make a huge difference. They're small, but they're significant. Um, and in school, it's like the same thing. So sometimes you visit students, again, from like toddlers to college age kids. And it could be students who just have like the grind of everyday life, like midterms, finals, you know, teacher who's like on their case, social drama, boyfriend, girlfriend, like whatever the case is, you know. And even on the surface, like someone may seem fine, but there's like mental health is a real thing. So you don't know what's going on like under the hood, behind the scenes. And that's just like with students who are seemingly okay. But then we also visit schools with children who have like emotional issues, learning disabilities, severe autism. And like the, we've had situations where like the breakthrough is huge. And like the teachers that I've never seen, you know, whatever, you know, a particular child, I've never seen them respond that way to a dog. I've never seen them behave that way. It's amazing, you know? And it's like moments like that again that just, it's amazing. Like, Magnus walks out, he feels great, you know, makes your heart smile. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's great. That's so awesome. I Oh, I have, like, the chills listening to all that because it's true. You see um, commercials of your real life of, of someone who's sick and dogs going in and it may, whether they're a kid or, like you said, an elderly person. Like, it really does. I don't know what it is, and maybe you have an answer, but there's something about animals, but, like, specifically dogs that really mm-hmm. just... I don't know, can, can kind of just change your mindset. And I know that for me, um, my dog is great, but when I'm away at college and I don't have her with me, like if I see a puppy on the street, like, yeah, it's stranger danger. Sorry, mom and dad, but I will literally like go up like with my friends and we're like, can we like pet your dog? Because sometimes you just need like, like a little lick or a little like that, those eyes, you know what I'm saying? No, it's true. And like, it's been like scientifically proven, just like petting a dog lowers your blood pressure, reduces stress and anxiety. So it is, there is, like, science to back that up. It's not just like, oh, I feel good, but I don't know why. There is science behind it. And, like, I can see even when I'm having, like, whatever kind of day. Like, if I'm having, like, a bad day, just being around Magnus, he makes it better. If I'm having a good day, he makes it an amazing day. And just, like, petting him, just, I feel like everything just, like, melts away. I've been in, I've taken the work, like I mentioned, and I've been in client sessions, and the client get up a call talking to someone else, and they're, like, you can see they're just boiling and they're venting and they're really angry and they're just like, they can't like, they can't shut it down. And Magnus knows when I'm working, he sits under my desk, he sleeps. And like I tell him when you can go greet people and say hi. And then there's been sessions where the person behind me, the client is like, like I said, really angry, just upset about something else not happening. <laughs> and uh, they're just having some other stuff going on. And Magnus just knows to walk over and he'll sit next to them. And the person at that moment doesn't even really, they're not even aware he's there. They just, as they're venting, they just start petting him, okay? And as they're petting him, you could just, like, I'm paying attention. They're just calming down, and then just, like, you, you see their breathing slow down. like, oh, nice, nice. And, like, he just, he's just being himself. And, like, I could just, like, literally seen it, like, unfold. To me, it's almost like in slow motion, you know, like, watching him actually calm someone and comfort them. It's just, it's just like a skill. It's like, it, it really is. No, so what are some signs that 
are there like social cues that he can pick up on or can he tell when someone's anxious or stuff like that? Well, he's very good at reading people. Like I'll tell you, so when we got him, we adopted him, like I said, we used one and a half. Mm -hmm. And I have two daughters, as I mentioned. One of them, unfortunately, she is a very severe juvenile arthritis. So now she's 14. She had it since she's eight. And we used to have to give her like daily injections and they're really painful. And for any person, but for a child, she like cries, you know, very stressful, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And even though, like I mentioned, he's attached to me, he will not leave my side. And I would have to do these injections to my daughter, for my daughter. He would know just by himself without me telling you. This is before he was a therapy dog, before he was certified and registered. He would go over, he would just lay right next to her, put his head on her lap, and just kind of like nuzzle up really close and get cozy and cuddly. And just he just knew that, okay, Dad, I know you're like my favorite, but this person needs comforting. Like he just reads the room, reads the person. And he can even tell, like, he can tell when someone's a dog person when they're not. Like, if someone is totally intent, he's like, I want to hang with that person. <laughs> if someone is kind of like, okay, I'm good, he knows. He's like, all right, they're not into it, so I just, I'll leave them alone. You know, he's really good at, like, kind of getting a vibe on who needs what and when, which is certain things I don't think you could teach. Like, he has this natural empathy. Like, I could teach him to sit, I could teach him to stay, I could, he knows a whole bunch of tricks, but... You can't, you can't teach a dog to be compassionate or kind. Like certain things, regardless of the breed, it's just like hardwired into their DNA, which I think is why some dogs make better therapy dogs or some dogs can be therapy dogs. And some dogs are maybe great pets, but they just, they can't do it. You know, I think it's a specific mindset and temperament that makes it work for them. Yeah. So what were some things that you had to teach him how to do? So the way it works is, so when I realized that he was meant for something a little more after the situation with my daughter. I, I looked into it, like, what else? He's too good to just keep myself. So I did some research, and I realized, okay, therapy work seems like it's really suited for him. So then I reached out to different organizations all over the world. There's one in all our local area. And the way it works is first they get you evaluated. So you meet their master trainer, and they have you meet them in a pet store, which seemed very random. But what they want to see is a pet store for your dog owner, crazy distractions. There's, like, Treats, you know, chew sticks, toys, other dogs, people. It's like distraction overload. And if you know, if you ever try to bring your dog to the pet store and get them to listen, it's no easy task. So they want your dog, number one. At this point, the dog already has to have basic training, socialize, because the, the way it works is they're not teaching your dog, like, sit, stay, down, um, heal, all that stuff. So when you get there, the dog has to be really tight with obedience training, has to walk nicely on a leash, not be distracted. The owner, or not the owner, the, uh, the trainer just, like, drop a handful of treats on the floor as you're walking, the dog has to ignore it. Like, for example, if you're in a hospital, like if there's pills on the floor or syringes or in a school, maybe like, you know, students drop a chocolate bar, which is poisonous for a dog. Dogs have to know to leave stuff. So that's like a really, really important uh, scale I command to know. And then they would also like touch them all over, kind of manhandle them a little bit because in therapy physics, that's people touch them, pet them all over, you know, front, back, and, you know, crowds of people sometimes. And then they'll take out like they have like walkers and crutches again, things you may encounter in a hospital or nursing home that some dogs are cool with, some dogs, you know, freak out. So they do all these things that just to get to see if you can get into the program. He passed with flying colors. So then the program it was a six-week course. And again, they're not really teaching you any command. It's more about what to do, what a therapy is, what to expect. Um, and like for example, like there's certain things that as a human being you take for granted. When you meet someone new, you say, oh, hi, how are you? And then after you're done, you say, all right, you know, have a nice day or I'll see you later. 
as I mentioned, if I go to a hospital room and someone has, you know, stage four cancer and they have, you know, maybe a few weeks or a few months to live, I don't walk in and say, how are you? And when I leave, I don't say, all right, you know, I'll see you next week because it's very sad to say. They may not be around next week. So you have to be like hyper aware of what you say, how you phrase things, be really, you know, cognizant of the other person's situation and what they are going through, whether you can see it or whether it's like something maybe again behind the scenes and you have to be there just to comfort. So that's really what the the training course is about. It's not about like typical obedience classes. So they go through all these mock things. And not every dog makes it through even these classes because they do a lot of these kind of like mock situations to be like, you know, how do you react, how do you react? And even in our class, we were in a very small room with I think 12 other owner handlers and 12 other dogs, which again, your dog has to really be able to pay attention on a therapy visit, you're not going to be around 12 other dogs, but you could be in a hospital, there could be another therapy dog or a service dog, and your dog, again, has to listen, not just think, I'm going to go play with those guys. So again, it's another kind of test where can your dog pay attention, focus, and listen? I mean, the other people could have been like literally like three feet away, you know, four feet away. Can your dog really focus on you and do what you need it to do when there's a huge distraction that it wants to probably interact with, but it should so it's like that kind of stuff is what they do in the class to see how well your dog is and how well they will handle real life situations. I mean, he, he crushed it. He was great. And then every year you have to get recertified. You have to get basically get like reevaluated every year just to make sure your dog is still, you know, on par and tight, and, you know, still good for the, uh, good for the visits. <laughs> Has there ever been a time where he's messed up? And, like, is that okay? Like, does he have, like, three strikes and he's out, or? No, I mean, there's no, like, three strikes are out. I mean, he never has, but I'm sure if you're on a visit and someone complained about something, like, you know, God forbid your dog nips at someone, or, like, he doesn't, he doesn't bark. He knows how to, but he doesn't. But if you go, let's say, to a school of, you know, toddlers, and you have a dog that suddenly starts barking incessantly and scares the children, they may call your organization and say, I don't know what was going on, but your dog just like, literally scared my entire class and now they're all afraid of dogs. You know, we haven't had any situations, but I guess that's the kind of thing that potentially could happen. Or like one of the things they make sure that when they before they certify you and evaluate you, they can't jump on people. Like that's a huge no-no. So again, like again, he doesn't do that, but if you jumped on, think if you're in a nursing home, if he jumped up to say hello, even friendly to an elderly person, you can knock them down and break the hip. You know, yeah. so I know it's, it's, it's like a horrible <laughs> thing, but these are things that like, again, that like most dogs do it. But you have to make sure that when he's working, at least that he knows that certain things you cannot do, you know? So yeah, we haven't had any strikes and thankfully, you know, hopefully that never happens, but he's a good boy, so I don't expect any issues. <laughs> so is there, I mean, my dog, like I said before, she would be an awful, awful therapy dog. No offense, <laughs> Chloe, if you're listening. Um, but she's just, like I said, she's very protective. She barks. She At this point, it's it's too far gone. We can't teach her not to bark. Like, she, that's impossible. Um, but if someone had, like, a puppy and wanted to make them their emotional, ther- uh, emotional support animal or something like that, is it that easy? Do they just have to go through a sort of process, or does it have to be a certain kind of dog? No, I mean, the breed doesn't matter. Like, the size doesn't matter. At least the therapy work and... I think even for service and emotional sport, it's really about the temperament, the personality, and the training. You know, so I mean, you can have, you can go to shelter, get a mixed breed, and they can be amazing. You can train like 
but so, I mean, something like, you know, some people have a negative connotation about pit bulls, mm -hmm. okay? I know pit bulls that are so sweet and the most loving, amazing dogs ever. ever. Yep. So, I mean, you can get like, you know, rescue pit and you can train it and it can make the sickest, most amazing emotional sport or therapy. So it doesn't have to just be he's a lab. It doesn't have to be a lab or a golden or, you know, German shepherd. It can be anything as long as they're, you know, properly socialized and trained. I had a friend ask me that. She wanted me to find out. That's why I asked. No, definitely. I mean, it, they want to do it. Definitely. It's, it's, it's so rewarding. Being a therapy dog handler, it's, it's the best thing. Well, so... You know, pay, pay forward and just, like, do good, do better. Right. And, I mean, I'm sure it feels amazing in the moment, but is there ever, like, when you come home from the hospital or something, like, you must feel kind of, like, a toll on you at some point, just emotionally. And I wonder, does Magnus feel that, too? Like, exha exhaustion or... He, he well... I noticed because they actually, they tell us that your visit's supposed to be no longer than an hour. And that's what the organization says, and they do it just because they know it's, it's taxing, not physically, but like mentally for the dog. Mm -hmm. Now, to be honest, for most of our visits, we end up staying probably closer to two. And I kind of, I read him. Like, if I see that he's like, not, he, he never gets upset. Like, nothing, he, he's like as no stress as you can possibly be. But uh, if I see that he's just getting like tired, because on these visits, we do, like, you know, like, a bunch of tricks. So we'll do, like, a lot of tricks, especially for the young kids. And after a while, he's not a circus performer. So after a while, I can see, like, he might not want to wave anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I never push him at all. So if I see that he's getting tired, I'll just, you know, say, all right, I, you know, I think it's, you know, going to be time to go. And, you know, we'll come back again next week or two weeks or, you know, whatever my work schedule allows. Because this is volunteer day, so I have to work around my schedule. But, um... Yeah, so it's really, I kind of gauge with him, but it is draining on me also, I'm sure, any of our handbook. You go to these situations and, like, you know the person you're visiting will not be alive next week. You know, it's really taxing. And then I've had situations, again, because I do this around my free time, we have had hospital call us on more than one occasion, and it's really great because they've actually specifically requested us, whether it was the, the nurses who've seen us, or sometimes it's like a patient we visited. So that is like amazing to hear because he must have made such an impact that they want Magnus back, not just another dog. So we get a call and say, you know what, you know, so-and-so, we got one call that this woman, she literally had a few days left to live. She would, she would love, you know, for Magnus to come back. And because I work full time and unfortunately I, I have a mortgage and the bills, they said, you know, can you come this week? I said, unfortunately I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working and because of my work schedule, I can't take off and my dad like kills me. Like, I, I, my wife knows, like, I come out, like, I'm almost all well off. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, they want me to come, but I can't do my job. And, you know, so, it, like, that's the part that I grapple with. Like, trying to help the people who need the help. But also, unfortunately, it is a volunteer-based situation. So I, I do need to pay for the electric and, you know, the house and the car, you know, real life. So it's, right. so, that, that, that's the hard part. Okay, so that I have a couple of questions based off of that. So one, if you were to, if you had to work or something, does it have to be you with Magnus, or could your wife, or as your daughters get older, do, or do they have to yeah. go through a certification as well? Yeah, so I think in, at least in the organization we work with, you have to be I think eighteen or older. Okay, it might be sixteen. I think it's eighteen or older. I forget, but you have to be the person who went through the course. So like right now, I am only certified to handle Magnus. Like, I don't even know if I could technically, like, let's just say you had a dog from the same organization. I don't know if legally I'm allowed to take your dog on a visit, vice versa. Like, like we're a team, you know? Because even when they send us on visits, 
God forbid anything happens, like the organization has insurance that covers that. You know? So like my wife can't just take my place or my daughter is old enough, you know, so I have to be the one to go. Got it. Um and with COVID and everything, have you been able to go to hospitals recently or has it been over Zoom? Is no. that even possible or No, everything's been like shut down, which is horrible. Yeah. So yeah, like all in person visits, doesn't matter what like school, hospital, whatever, like the organization doesn't want to send us and the hospitals and the schools, of course, they, they don't want to receive us because it's, there are safety concerns, you know, regardless of wearing a mask and you can't do a therapy visit and really socially distance. Right. That doesn't that defeats the whole purpose of the visit, basically. Um, which is why we started all these online accounts. Like we started we all over the place, like you know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and we did it just to try to reach people like all right, we can't in person so we figured all right let's like see them virtually and it just blew up and now like from like we post like funny pictures and tons of funny videos and we've gotten dms from people literally all over the world who say you know i'm depressed and funny and he's going through some stuff and just watching his funny video really helped me out and that's why we continue to again like do the online stuff because it's another outlet to just reach people and try to make them brighten their day in any way possible and it's been working. It's been great. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but Magnus has over a million followers on TikTok. So, um, like I said, I'm in the presence of uh, of TikTok royalty and fame. Um, but it's it's like no joke. So it started over quarantine, right? And yeah. And basically, um, Magnus and Brian have been in People Magazine, Time Magazine, on GMA, like. All these, in, like, like do you, you're famous. You're literally hey, famous. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the sidekick. <laughs> He's the rock star. But it's really funny when, like, sometimes we're on TV and, like, they don't even tell us in advance. So, like, even, like, Good Morning America, I didn't even know they were going to post clips of us. So I have people calling me, like, dude, you're on Good Morning America. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sitting at work. I'm like, no, you're on Good Morning America right now. And there's, like, videos of us. Right? I'm like, I didn't even know. I was not I feel like they should have told you, maybe. I think. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but, like, if I'm on GMA, I'll let you know if they reach out first. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I have a couple more questions, and then we can wrap it up. But you said people have DM'd you from all around the world, people who were depressed or, or other mental health issues. Do you... I guess if, if they don't have access to their own therapy dog, what tips would you maybe give them to kind of help help themselves? It depends on what questions they ask, and it's kind of a fine line. Like, mm-hmm. I first kind of always say, like, you know, of course, try to consult a professional. You know, I'm not a traditional therapist in that sense. But, um, so, but sometimes they really just want someone just to talk to. You know, sometimes, like, they just want to laugh. You know, so they even like reach out, like I said, you know, like really in funk and I I binge watch Magnus's video and it just it makes me laugh. It makes me kind of sometimes forget about whatever's going on in my life. You know, so that's what we try to kind of provide is just like an escape. You know, even if it's brief and temporary, just like an escape from every day and of course you have to get back to real life and you know, whatever's going on and we always try to steer them in a direction to help, you know, get them the help that they need if it is real more, you know, medical help or you know from a more professional standpoint but um it's just great that whatever he is able to do even if it's again a tiny little blip on like the radar just to like help someone in a small capacity 
That's, that's great. I mean, I wish, not I wish, but now that I have Magnus's videos, like I was even watching them the other morning when I found the TikTok, I, I think it was almost an hour. I was like lost in it all. I was literally just, I was like, I got to go do something like productive, but like, I don't want to get up. Cause it's cute and my dog can't do any tricks or I keep like, I keep talking bad about my dog. Guys, I love my dog. She's great. She's just not Magnus. Yes. I bet she could. <laughs> I'm telling you with enough patience, you can teach any dog to do anything. You have to find their motivation. Okay. He, Are... he's, a food, he's a foodie. Okay. <laughs> like with food, I can get him to do pretty much anything. But he's a but... puppy or he's a lot younger. Like my dog is, it's too far gone. Well, how, how old is your dog? 11. You, you can still do it. You uh, think? Yeah. Find something your dog likes. Is your dog like peanut butter or like apples? She loves apples, yeah. Or blueberries. Okay, there you go. Okay. I bet you can make your dog do something. Try it. What's like the most basic trick? Shake. Shake? Shake, okay. shake and paw, you know? Okay. That's All like right. a pretty uh, standard one of uh, you know, to start with. Okay, I'll work on it and get back to you. Um, Perfect. I'll get to work on it. I have nothing else to do these days, but I don't have the patience that you do probably. So yeah. Do you ever lose your patience with him? Or I guess not. Cause he doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah, never. No. Yeah. He's like, he's always, he's so good. And he, he never does anything wrong. And even if I'm teaching him a new trick and something that's really hard and complicated, I can just, you can really tell when he's working really hard. Like right now, for example, I, I'm, I just started. It's very neat. Getting him into nose work, like scent work, like scent infection. Just because I, I like to stimulate him just physically and also mentally. So it's fun. It's become like this game with him. And he gets so amped up and you can see him like working, trying to track down what I hid. Like, and you can see him using his nose. And like, you can tell when he's working really hard and how proud he is when he succeeds. It's like impossible to get mad at him. He's really just the best. That's so cute. Like, I... he's, he's such a good boy. He really is. He's so good. I don't even know him and I can tell he's so good. Um... <laughs> Maybe, I, maybe I'll meet him one day. Who knows? If there's like a big meet and greet post-pandemic because all these people now are like fans of yours and his. But I guess my last question would be besides hospitals or schools, like where is one place that you think Magnus would really benefit from going to to help? And um, in the future, besides, where would you want? Besides hospitals and schools, um, nursing homes, um, libraries is another good place. Like, you know, young children, sometimes mm -hmm. he encourages them to read. It's almost like he's a distraction or like if they're a dog. And I know people do this, like dog can be a distraction, but in a good sense, like the kids forget that they're working and reading, you know, like they'll be reading to the dog, you know, to them it becomes like a fun game and then they forget that they're learning, you know, which like a lot of kids don't want to learn and study. Um, so that's like one big thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I know people who have therapy dogs that go to airports. Yeah. Like travelers who are stressed out, like they missed a flight, they lost a bag, and then like out comes a therapy dog, and people are like, ah, right, whatever, it's just a lost bag, I'll buy new clothes, you know, it's all good. That's a good, that's actually a good one. I never, I, cause you see like security dogs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, but yeah, there's therapy dogs in airports, in schools, nursing homes, I mean, community crisis centers is a big one, people, you know, domestic abuse and other situations. Um, I know therapy dogs are also used with first responders. So, like, after they deal with, like, a traumatic event, whether it's a fire or, like, you know, some kind of a terrorist situation, and you see therapy dogs come in and just, like, comfort the people who just went through hell trying to, like, save people in a burning building or, like, police officers or, you know, EMS, and, like, you see them all. So, just, like, stress is starting to melt away. Just, like, they forget about it for a moment, whatever they're doing, 
let me just play with a puppy, you know? So there's really no limit of what they can basically help people with. Yeah, dogs are kind of like superheroes. Like, they, re- they really are. Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them there have tails. There and are TikTok famous. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this has been great. I think... I think that you probably, I don't know if you ever think about this, but just from speaking with you now, like I just think about the amount of people that you've probably have helped or have um, inspired people to get their own therapy dogs or to train their own dog to become one so they could help people. Like I I wish there was a way to like know how many people that you have, like this trickle effect that probably has started with you. I I wish. I mean, we go live all the time on Instagram and TikTok and like, Somehow the lives end up being a lot of like Q and A's and we end up a lot of times with outside with him off leash and we're doing training sessions and it becomes like kind of like people asking like how to train the dog, about like different tricks, commands, like behavior issues, and it becomes like this whole like training session, which is great. I, I love doing that also. It's kind of giving people whatever information I have. Um, yeah, but I mean it's that's just like snoring back here. Um, yeah, he's snoring and I just love my friend's thoughts. So cute. Um, yeah, no, it's great to reach all these people. Like, I, I wish we could do more. Like, that's, like, the one thing that I feel always weighs me down, like, again, because of work. I wish I could do therapy work as a full-time thing to reach more people, have more people. You know, unfortunately, that's not really in the cards, at least now. But, um, Maybe one day you could do, like, a training business and tips and tricks and I don't know. That's kind of – that's not on me. That's on you. But <laughs> – one day. One, one day. day. I'll, I'll be there. I'll bring my dog when I have my own. Okay. I'll be your first customer. It'll be great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for taking my the time friend. to speak with me about Magnus and yourself and everything that you're doing. I think it's really cool and not enough people think about it. You know, like you, you see mm-hmm. dogs and you're like, ah, it's a dog. But like, no, they could be helping people yeah. everywhere and you don't even know. So I think I, I actually one thing I just yeah. recently saw a whole segment. You've heard of dogs like you know bond detection dogs, and you may have heard like there are dogs that can supposedly like smell cancer and detect cancer. Yeah, I saw a segment like I'm not even kidding, like a week and a half ago. They're training dogs to using scent detection smell COVID to detect who has COVID. I'm not. Like, I'm watching this. I'm watching this video on the news, and I'm like that's it blew my mind. I'm like that's insane. Like these dogs, their sense of smell is like so beyond what we can even comprehend. They right. can smell COVID. Like they put COVID in like these test tubes and they had some that were like, you know, false positives and some that were like actual positives. And the dog pinpointed the real case of COVID. Like that's insane. So there's no limit to what you can see these guys. It's crazy. My jaw is literally, you can see my jaw is literally at, you know, at the floor. When I watched this, I was the same thing. Like that's not right. That this, seriously, this is going on right now. And these dogs were detecting COVID just by scent. Crazy. They're doing so much more than we can do, and it's it's oh, dogs, dogs. <laughs> I love them though. All right. Well, thank you so much. I don't again. I don't want to take up any more of your time. My pleasure. Um, I wishing you the happiest of holidays, you and too. um, bye, Magnus down there. <laughs> he really is. It's all right. Asleep. No, he's knocked out. It's totally fine. It's fine. So I'll just scared. go. Oh. Oh, he guys, you guys, you can't see, but like he has a hundred little toys around him. hundred is dramatic. He has a bunch of little toys and he's just all cuddled up like a little baby. Oh, okay. See, I could just watch this on my own time, but now this is just, this is. 
All right. Well, thank you so much again. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Happiness Talks. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I know that it was super informative for me growing up being obsessed with dogs. Um, I never really knew anything about them becoming therapy dogs and really what that entailed. So this was a really, really cool interview for me to do. Um, And again, if you want to check out Magnus and Brian's TikToks, YouTube videos, Instagram, or Facebook posts, search at Magnus the Therapy Dog. I'm wishing you all the happiest of holidays. Please, please take this time to just chill out, read a book, eat some good food, and remember to smile. It's good for you.